it's kind of tricky to pray, pre preach on Father's Day. So, uh, so many fathers have uh, done their best with their families and so many fathers have not done their best with their families. So, so rather than talk about those things, I want to talk today about the Father's love, the capital F Father's love, the one who gave us life himself. So we're going to look at, at uh, four or five chapters, I guess it is, and John's Gospel. Does that scare you? Yeah, I figured it would. Um, but we're just going to take some selected verses from those chapters. And the reason for that is, in these chapters, Jesus reveals so much to us about his relationship with Father and about the Father's purposes and goals for the lives of those who put their faith through his Son, Jesus Christ. And so today we want to look at, at those chapters. We're going to begin in John chapter 13. And in John chapter 13, this is the beginning of the evening. 13 through 17 is the time when Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. And I've always felt like, and I want to come back and refer again to uh, John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5. I think it gives us a, an insight into uh, Jesus and, and something about his nature and his character and his relationship with his disciples. In John 13, beginning of verse 3, Scripture says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, laid aside his outer garment, taking up a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured out water into a basin to wash the feet of the disciples and to wipe them with the towel wrapped around his waist. To me, this is uh, an amazing verse. It always has been an amazing verse because it teaches us about the humility of Jesus Christ and how he's called us to be humble ourselves. The Apostle Paul understood something about this from the, and we read in the Philippians letter in chapter 2, and he says, don't, don't think of yourself as better than others, but remember the humility of Jesus Christ, who humbled himself even to death on the cross. And in this verse, we understand that Jesus is giving an example. In just a few pages right after this, he's going to uh, tell his disciples, now, if I've done this for you, then you ought to do this for others. And He's not specifically talking about washing feet, but he is talking about personal service. And not just personal service, but humble personal service. Humble service is a really key concept. So if we are understanding God's love, then what it helps us to do is to understand that God is calling us to humble service. Without the understanding of God's love, as Jesus had the understanding of God's love, then it's difficult for us to do this humble serving. So many people would want to serve in leadership positions, but they don't want to do the, the things which come and call you to a lower kind of service, a humble type of service, as Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Now, we've, we've been told that the reason uh, Jesus got up and did that was because it was the job of somebody else, and they didn't do their job. And uh, so uh, Jesus, seeing that this was not done, got up and said, let's, let's all understand that we together need to be humble. And so we understand that this humility of Christ is a cornerstone, and he has the motivation to do this because he understands the Father's love. 
He understands this verse says he came from the Father, came from God, and he was going back to God. Now, for us as believers today, those of us who profess faith in Jesus Christ, hopefully we understand that what God has done in our life goes beyond anything we could do for ourselves. And ultimately, he, has a, he is preparing a place for us, and those who have been, who, who, for whom the place has been prepared, he will come at the right time and receive us and take us to that place where he is. Uh, James Wilson's here today, and on Thursday, we said these things about his mother uh, in, in her memorial service. So we understand that uh, this is a very personal thing for God to understand these things about us and for us to understand these things about God. So, so the, the first thing that we need to understand is that we need to have motivation for humble service. The next thing we need to understand is that if we understand the Father's love, it leads us to biblical obedience. In John chapter 14, in verse 21, uh, John records these words. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I shall love him and manifest myself to him. We know that in, there are other passages uh, in John uh, 5 and in John 8 where Jesus talks about he doesn't do things except what he sees the Father doing. And he doesn't say things except what he hears the Father teaching him. One of the examples that Jesus gives to us in the Gospels is that many times we read he would go away in the evening or he would get up early and he would spend time, spend time with the Father. He made that connection with the Father, and that connection with the Father that came to him through uh, his uh, prayer life and relationship with the Father is what was able to, he was keep him on track for the purposes for which God had called him. And we need to understand that as we read, read the scriptures, m most of us, many people have read the scriptures. They can even quote some of the verses in the scriptures, but... What is the motivation that we have to be obedient? Jesus' motivation for being and according to this verse, is that he understood the Father's love, and he understood that the Father wanted to share that love with all, anyone who would call upon his name. In Romans 8, Paul gives us these uh, special verses to help us understand that process. And in Romans 8, Paul writes this. What does it say? The word is near you, near mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is important for us to really think about and understand because it is the purpose of God in our world. It is the purpose of God in our world that we would understand the scriptures, we would have his commandments, as Jesus says, we would not just have his commandments, but we would obey those commandments. We would obey them with an understanding 
because of the depth of God's love for us. One of our favorite verses is John 3:16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That eternal life with God is what Jesus is talking about here. If you love God, he says, if you love me, he says, you will keep my commands. Now, we have a, an advocate that he's introducing in this chapter 14, the Holy Spirit that he calls the helper. And the Holy Spirit comes and gives us understanding of the scriptures and wisdom to know what the scriptures mean as we study them, as we meditate on those different scriptures. But we understand that God's purposes and love for us come um, because, of his, because of the Father's great love for us. Now, the next thing that we need to understand is that uh, the Father's love leads us to a deeper fellowship with God. And in John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10, John records these words. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love if you keep my commands. You will abide in my, also in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command, commandments and abide in his love. This idea of, that Jesus introduces in this part of chapter 15 of John is this abiding love. And that abiding love is available to us, as we said, because of the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells his disciples in this passage, I'm going away and that's okay. And they didn't understand that. And he says, but the reason I say it's okay for me to go away is that the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to do a work in each one of your lives and not just in your life, but in the lives of all who would call upon the name of God. And so we understand this abiding understanding is uh, an important thing. Uh, if you go down Highway 17 past Ravenel, you get to a place on the right where there's a vineyard. And uh, Mr. Baldwin, I guess he still has it, Mr. Baldwin had that vineyard and uh, I would go down there to pick the muscadine grapes because I enjoyed making that muscadine jelly. And, uh, but each year they had to go into the vineyard after the fruit was taken off and trim off those branches. They had to trim off those branches that were uh, producing the fruit this year. Because in, on a grapevine, fruit is produced on new growth. And in this uh, abiding presence that Jesus is talking about here, it, he calls us to this relationship with an understanding that he needs to do some work in our heart and life. Uh, you might call it pruning. He calls it pruning in, this, in chapter 15. But th that pruning is not for our ill, but it's for our good. And what it means is that the good that God wants to do he has to prepare us for, just for, as, for eternity he's prepared a place for us. For living in this world, he is preparing us to be the ones who bear fruit in this world. And not only does he say fruit, he says much fruit. It's important for us to understand and submit to the will, will of God and to keep the, God's, the Father's commandments. Jesus said he kept the Father's commandments. In chapter 14, we learned that that was a demonstration of his love and because of that demonstration of love, then God reveals more things to us. We are not at the end of the road yet. We still have a ways to go, and it is because the Holy Spirit continues to work in our life and continues to stimulate us to be obedient to the Father's love. The key in all of these things is the Father's love. Now, there are some people who say, well, that, that's, that's okay for Jesus, but I'm not like that. 
And um, I was thinking about that, but I also remember that over in Romans 8, Paul says, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And what that means is that we, we are truly brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And whatever he is inheriting, he also is giving to us. As he gives us, as, he, as the Father gives him that glory, he wants to give us glory. And one day we'll all receive that glory when we, when we face Jesus Christ and we understand the love that he's demonstrated for us by his death on Calvary's cross and how his blood has been to cover over our sins according to the scriptures. But the last uh, section here in John 7, in actually the, the chapter John 17, is a long, the longest prayer that is recorded that Jesus prayed in the scriptures. It's, uh, it's a whole chapter of this prayer. And this prayer, uh, in this prayer, Jesus reveals to us the understanding that, that we ought to have, that we, the understanding that we ought to know about God and what, what Jesus desires for us, what God desires for us. But we're going to bring it down to just three verses. And in, in chapter 17, beginning at verse 20, um, see if you find yourself in this verse. I do not ask for these only, that's the 12 disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may, be, may all be one just as you Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world might believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love me even as you love me and you love them even as you love me. Now, two things that have always jumped out to me when I have read this passage is that uh, Jesus said, well, I'm talking to the 12 disciples. They're still in the upper room. He's talking to the 11 by now. And, uh, but he says to them, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a thing that is going on between us. There's a special bond that we have, there's a unity in the love that we have for each other. Uh, and, and that's an important thing for, for them to understand there in the upper room. But then he goes on and he adds another phrase to that. And he says, not only for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now, how do we come to understand God? How do we come to understand and believe who God is and understand who Jesus Christ is, except that the scriptures are our teacher. And Jesus says, it is by this word that the disciples will be giving us. Now, this is the hours right before Jesus is arrested and then tried and crucified and uh, ultimately placed in the tomb, uh, only to rise on Easter day. And Joshua has been leading us through that part of the scripture in Matthew but here John takes a different, little different uh, uh, way of expressing and understanding those kinds of things. And so John says, I understand something that you don't understand, the 11 disciples, and that is that you're going to, you're going to be a proclaimer of the good news. And because you're going to be a proclaimer of the good news, many are going to come because of the words you speak. And now we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we have letters 
to different churches by different writers and some of those disciples like Peter and John and James, they, they have given us those words to understand. And Jesus says in this passage, it's by those words that you're able to come to this relationship to receive the Father's love. Now, this last part of this has always been a, a shocking, I guess you would say, almost a, a beyond belief, is that the scripture says very clearly that the Father will love us the same way he loves Jesus. And he let that sink in for a second. The Father loves you who call upon his name and who ask for his salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. That, to me, that's always been one of the most amazing verses in the Bible. That we would understand that the love that God has for us. Now, if we understand that love, then it puts us in the position of leading us uh, into, uh, into spiritual unity. In this prayer, John 17, time after time, Jesus talks about the unity he desires for the disciples to have, the unity he desires for uh, those who would come after that, to have, a, a kind of unity could, which only can be described as oneness. Paul gets onto this, too, in Ephesians chapter 2, and he talks about that Jesus Christ has broken down all the barriers that would cause us to not be one in Jesus Christ. And when we are one in Jesus Christ, the unity that comes is not unity based on culture, not unity based on language, it's not unity based on race, it's not unity based on uh, language, it's a unity based on the love of the Father. And when we understand the love of the Father, then we are in a position to love in unity other believers. Others who profess faith in Jesus Christ no matter where they are and who they are, um, uh, we, we are we are able to have this kind of unity with him, uh, with them, as Jesus says that he and the Father have with each other. There's an intimacy that's, re that's remarked about in here. He says that I am in you and you are in me. I in you and you in me. And then we get to join into that unity, that unity that comes because we know who God is and know who the Father is. We know the love that Jesus Christ had for us because he submitted himself to cruel people. And in this passage, if you read in the first verse in chapter 18, it says, they left the upper room and went to the Kidron Valley. Jesus is beginning that final hours before he is arrested, before the trials come, before the cru crucifixion comes. He's, he's beginning all that, and he, but he wants them, these disciples, and somehow he wants us to understand the depth of his love for us and the depth of the Father's love, as we said in John 3.16, that the Father would give his Son for us. It is because the Father has given his Son for us that we understand that God's love for us is real. You know, when you give gifts to people, you, you ho hopefully you think about those gifts. And you don't just give a gift. Uh, you might stop by Circle K to buy a birthday present, right? Some people might do that. I don't know. If, if you do that, then how much thought would it be that you had put into that? I mean, you went in there, and there was this rack, and it had five things on it, and you said, eeny, meeny, miny, mo." So uh, you, then, you, then you pick a, how much meaning would there be in that gift? None. Wouldn't be any meaning at all. And so the Father wants us to understand that there is great thought. There's great purpose. There's great love 
and what he's doing and has done for us in his son, Jesus Christ. It's because of that great love that he's given to us in Jesus Christ that we understand that we can love one another. There is potential unity for all who call upon the name of the Lord. Now, one of the reasons I ask you this morning to pray the Lord's Prayer is because that phrase that's in there, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That unforgiveness is maybe the, the tallest barrier that is there to not allow us to have unity among people of faith. People who put their faith in Jesus Christ, they need to have this unity that, that, that John records for us in chapter 17. But it's because of what God has done even from the beginning. We understand that God wanted uh, the man and the woman to live with a special unity. And uh, we, we say the first marriage is in John, I mean in Genesis chapter 2, where it says, For this reason a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh. There, there is a unity that is the purpose of that marriage, according to what the scripture teaches us. But there's also unity in the body of Christ. And in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about, well, there is one body, there's one spirit, but there are many parts. But all of those parts are put together by the Holy Spirit. He gives gifts to who? Those he needs to give the gift to. And, and we, we learn a lot about the unity that the church is to, be, is to desire. But ultimately, we have to go to chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians because at, at the last verse of chapter 12 uh, of 1 Corinthians, Paul's, Paul says, let me tell you about a better way. Now, in the church, we can figure out how to do a lot of things. We're, actually, we're Baptists, we're good at that. We, we figure out how to do a lot of things. But there is a unity which the scriptures call us to, the unity which Jesus talks about in John 17, that can only come because it is the love of the, of the Father. It's because of the love of the Father that we understand. It's because of the love of the Father we can be humble. It's because of the love of the Father that we can uh, submit ourselves to, the to teaching, keeping the commands of the scripture. It's, it's because of the love of the Father that we can uh, exercise a kind of unity uh, which, is, which the world can't figure out. Uh, and it's because of the connection that we have for each other, connection that we have with each other through the love of the Father. Today on Father's Day, there are many expressions of things. Some who are remembering, like me, who remember my father in years past. And some of you have, still have your fathers here. And, and uh, some of you are new fathers. And we're thankful for all the expressions of that. But we understand that God's ultimate purpose in that was so that there might be a revelation that he is the true father, the ultimate father. And because he is the ultimate father, we want to give ourselves to him. This morning, we want to give you an opportunity to respond to the scriptures. And if any of these verses, and please go back and read all through all these five chapters, it, it's just jam-packed full of the truths that God has given to us. Some of them you're familiar with, and you may not know where they come from, but they're they're, most of them uh, that you're so familiar with come from these five chapters. So we want to give you an opportunity to respond. And Jake is going to come and lead us in singing. And while he does, turn your own hearts toward what God is speaking to you about through his word that we might understand the power of his love. Not just the power of his love uh, to create the world and to bring the world into order, uh, but the power of his love that would send his son 
and not only send his son, but to give his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Would you please stand?